Hello everyone, I'm Yusuf and welcome to another episode of The Council where some of my fellow film fanatics and I talk all things movies. Uh, before we start, we want to tell you about something special we're doing um, in August. Uh, I'm going to be spilling a whole bunch of tea, so if you have any questions about the mysteries of the movie theater, be sure to tweet them to us at the Council Pod by August 7th for the chance to get your question answered on the show. Now, joining me here, say hello to Ben. Hi, everyone. <clears throat> Liam. Hey. Natalia. Hello, hello. Anthony. Hello, everyone. And Joseph. Hey, guys. Now, on today's show, this is part two of the conversation we had last week. Um, we ran way over time, so we're moving it to this week. Uh, we're doing PVOD versus theatrical. But first, we're going to talk about the Emmy nominations, which were released a couple days ago. Um, so, Anthony, do you want to start us off with that? Yes. Okay, everyone. So, uh, this week... We had the nominations uh, be released for the 72nd Emmy Awards, which are set to premiere on September 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC. It'll be a virtual ceremony, and so this could either be a singular uh, ceremony or could set the trend for the rest of award season depending on how successful it is. I hope not. Um, When it came to the nominations, Watchmen uh, led with 26 nominations when it came to a single program, uh, which is great for that show. It also uh, maintains HBO's uh, dominance. Uh, this is the second year, I believe, uh, definitely more than that, but they had Game of Thrones last year, which was the most nominated season of television uh, in history, and now they have Watchmen mm-hmm. leading the nominations this year. Uh, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel followed with 20 nominations, making it the uh, most nominated comedy series of the year. Uh, when it came to studios, Netflix had 160 nominations, leading HBO 107. Jesus uh, this was Apple TV and Disney Plus's first year at the Emmys. Uh, the Morning Show, which was Apple TV's biggest hit, got eight nominations. Uh, however, The Mandalorian, which was Disney Plus's uh, really only show up for Emmy consideration, got 15 nominations, including Best Drama <laughs> Series. Uh, which the morning show uh, did not get. So that was a big win for Disney Plus, for Lucasfilm, and also is a nice way for Kathleen Kennedy to go out if her tenure (laughs) is going to wrap up next year, that it went out with Best Drama Series for Mandalorian Season 1. Expected winners. uh, uh, Many people are expecting Succession, Ozark, Watchmen, and Schitt's Creek to clean up in their categories, in their respective categories. Many people expecting (laughs) Succession, uh, to take drama series. However, Ozark Season 3 is on the rise. Ozark! Um, the big surprises that came with the nominations were Zendaya for Best Actress in a Drama Series for uh, her role in Euphoria. Uh, Taika Waititi, not just for his work uh, on The yeah. Mandalorian, uh, where he was nominated for voice acting, uh, the character of IG-88, but also his uh, the adaptation of his uh, film, What We Do in the Shadows, that was made into an FX comedy series, was a surprise nomination in Best Comedy Series. The Mandalorian, of course, getting a Best Drama Series and also a bunch of nominations uh, was a big surprise. And Stranger Things Season 3, which uh, came out mm-hmm. on July 4th of last year, right at the beginning of the season. The fact that it was able to uh, keep its momentum and... Uh, the continue Stranger Things trend of being nominated in the drama series category was a big surprise, especially uh, by taking out some of the snubs, which were Big Little Lies Season 2 and The Morning Show, both shows uh, missed on Best Drama Series. Uh, when it came to performances, Elizabeth Moss for Best Actress in a Drama Series and Reese Witherspoon for Little Fires Everywhere, Big Little Lies, and um, The Morning Show uh, she missed in all of those things. Maybe uh, just spread the love too much. Uh, those two missed in their categories. Uh, Better Call Saul, I believe, did not get any acting nominations outside of Giancarlo Esposito and supporting. That means no Bob Odenkirk, no Rhea Seahorn, I believe her name is, and no Jonathan Banks, who was uh, predicted to be the front runner to win. Uh, Tom Pelfrey is, uh, in my opinion, the biggest snub. What a he played snub. Ben, who is Laura Linney's character's uh, brother on Ozark Season 3. He did not get nominated for Best Supporting Actor in a Drama Series. He, in Tragic. my opinion, is the big snub. 
Uh, also, one thing I just want to comment on is that Modern Family uh, did get a nomination for Fred Willard, uh, who uh, tragically has mm -hmm. passed away uh, for Best Guest Star, which I think was a very nice touch. It also got, I believe, two other nominations, including directing for its finale. But just something to note is that Modern Family, uh, in a lot of ways, wraps up the sitcom tradition. We have now since moved on from the traditional sitcom, Modern Family kind of being the end of an era. And so mm -hmm. uh, just something to note about that. Uh, so I'm now going to open it up to the council. Uh, to talk about any big snubs or surprises now that I've given the lay of the land. Uh, I've given my big uh, snub. Uh, my happiest thing I saw, again, was the love for Succession and also the love for Stranger Things, that it was able mm -hmm. to get into the best drama series. Um, also, it was fun to see The Mandalorian get as much as it did. So I'll open it up, uh, starting with Ben, who was very excited to share his opinions on this year's Emmy Awards. Okay, so thank you so much, Anthony, for all of that. I do have a lot to say, um, but I'm only going to really talk about the stuff that I actually care about. I don't have a, I don't have something for every category, but I do feel very strongly about everything that I do have. So I think that the comedy category is um, it's it's disappointing to say the least. I'm very happy that Dead to Me got in there because Dead to Me is like. I think probably one of my favorite shows on television at the moment. Um, but I really do think that Glow was snubbed. I, I am furious that Glow continues to be snubbed by the mainstream. And I think the main problem with that show is that not enough people watch it. Um, so that's pretty much it. I think that Dead to Me should win Best Comedy, but I think we all know that Shit's Creek will win. Uh, there's just no getting around that, I think. So moving into Best Actress in a Comedy... I was delighted to see Linda Cardellini get in here after not getting any love last year for Dead to Me. I think that was a really that that was really fantastic because it's it's uh I I can't think of the word off the top of my head, but it the show works because of both of them, not because of just Christina Applegate, but both of them are phenomenal and I would love to see one of them win. But again, we know Catherine O'Hara will win. Um Whoop. Uh, Liam really wants Catherine O'Hara to win for Shit's Creek and I actually kind of agree with him because it's been six seasons and she hasn't won even I who doesn't watch that show can agree I mean come on like seriously guys like that's just ridiculous so I gotta say next that I'm delighted for Watchmen I just finished it last night uh, I know it took me a while but I uh, wanted to actually buy the show it wasn't available for me here in Ireland so I watched it and it's pretty phenomenal I just have to say that it deserves to sweep in everything that's nominated for and again Ozark should sweep uh, because that's just a really good show. Uh, season three is phenomenal. I didn't finish The Mandalorian uh, because I just didn't like it. I just, I, I couldn't get through it. I thought it was boring. Uh, so I think it's ridiculous that it's nominated. So, uh, Liam, you are a big Schitt's Creek fan. I know that you would like to voice your love. It should note that Schitt's Creek, uh, it has had 19 nominations for the Emmys in its uh, entire run 15 of them for this final season it has not won a single wow. emmy so this would definitely be a big year for Shits creek speak of your love for the show it deserves everything <laughs> i i just i adore this show i've watched it um we got it in the uk i believe around season three um and i have watched it every season since I adore it. It the fact that it took this long to get nominations is shocking. Um but I just think it was the last season. It was such a beautiful season to go out on and it's such a beautiful, well-constructed show with such good acting that I don't see how people can't give it what it deserves. <laughs> which is everything that it's nominated in. I understand it's not going to get everything it's nominated in. Um, well, it literally can't. It's in yeah, some exactly. of its categories are up against itself. So it's definitely yeah. going to lose a couple. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think, yeah, it just deserves everything that can be given to it. it I just I just love it so much. Mm-hmm. Now, something that was, uh, something obvious uh, about the Emmy nominations that was lacking, uh, last year, Pose was a big, uh, 
was a big winner. Not only did was it nominated for Best Drama Series, but Billy Porter won Best Lead Actor in a Drama. It is not nominated for Best Drama Series for this season, and Billy Porter, I believe, is one of the sole nominees in the major categories for that show. Uh, why is it, do you think, that uh, certain shows that deal with uh, very suggestive material like uh, Euphoria get some love but not Pose for people who've seen the show? I don't... I really don't know. I just think... To me, it's baffling how a show around the struggles of black trans women especially with what's going on right now can it get the people that it's focusing on nominated it's infuriating um i agree completely um it's 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 just a complete utter snubbing and i think if we're looking at it from the case of Euphoria and Pose, both are talking about, both are presenting topics that um, one is a bit more spoken of and that being addiction and all that jazz. Whereas the other one is more of an interpersonal and incredibly lacking scope on a world that we are constantly alienating. This is something that I'm like horrifically passionate about. Um, uplifting and supporting and exposing and helping to benefit the voices of black trans women and just queer people in general. Um, and it's, Essentially, what it's just boiling down to in this case specifically is just racism with a twinge of transphobia. Um, and one could obviously make the case, oh, but Zendaya. Like, yes, um, I, but we're not talking about Zendaya at this point, my dear. We are talking about the Black trans women that are constantly being silenced, that have their own show that you refuse to engage with. And that, I think, needs to be spoken about. Yeah, definitely. I think for an award show that routinely, I, at least I think it happens almost yearly, every time they do their monologue, the host will talk about how it's the most diverse group of Emmy nominations ever. You know, a couple of years ago, you had the whole opening with Kate McKinnon and Kenan Thompson singing the song about how they solved racism. You know, you know, if the Emmys, I do think, need to... Uh, make some work in this area and maybe the lack of a nomination this year will turn more nominations next year looking at the list of drama series uh i believe none of them are final seasons so we'll see maybe uh stranger things probably won't be able to finish in time for next year so maybe there'll be a couple spots open due to the pandemic um and the delays when it comes to comedy series uh the good place and Schitt's Creek are two shows that are nominated for Best Comedy Series that have their final season. So Schitt's Creek, we definitely believe that will help it. Uh, I wonder if Good Place will receive some of the same love. I do want to echo uh, the love for Linda Cardellini getting into Best Actress as well, something I also missed. I thought that this was a great season for her, and I'm very happy that both uh, Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini both got in. I would have also loved to seen James Marsden get in for Supporting Actor. Uh, Yes, um, one more thing to jump back on pose and then I'm going to join you on this dead to me conversation. Um, Billy Porter, uh, I just saw a video and we all watched it together before we were recording um, where he said uh, an interview, in an interview, someone asked him at the Emmys, I believe it was. Yeah. Somebody asked him, um, what do you think about the black women that are never nominated? He and he responded with him saying that he's like a very present person, but like that was essentially it that he said. And I think that is not an amazing message for you to put out. If you have a platform and if you are constantly together and supposed to be, and hopefully are uplifting and presenting these black 
trans women's voices, then why don't you do anything about that when you're at the podium receiving your award? And why don't you do something more to actually get them a nomination, like actually put them up on screen or anything? Yeah. It, it, it just, it felt like such, like he was just totally avoiding it. It felt like, it, it was like such a cop-out. You're with these women who have presented something that is so uniquely their own and something that is completely indescribable and beautiful and amazing and stunning and that should be spoken about not and not have them be alienated when you don't speak about them and when you don't uplift their voices to get them to where you are then there's something wrong with that i think that you are right i think everything that natalia has just said is 100 percent correct but i think it also points to the hypocrisy of hollywood and that they even after everything that has happened in America and worldwide with this movement for uh, black trans women being sil uh, silenced all over the world, I think that it typically takes about three to five years for award ceremonies to actually start caring. It took like three years for Oscar So Wait to actually have an effect on the nominees. That, that, um, that happened, you know, it was like three straight years in a row. They were all white, you know, yes. and then... It, the yeah, hashtag it takes was... The hashtag trended for the 2014 ceremony and the 2015 cer or the for the films of 2014 and 2015. The year of 2016 was the year of Moonlight, Fences, Hidden Figures. Um, so it took about three years to see change within the yeah, academy. Yeah, because they really don't care unless there's huge public out outcry. So if for polls will probably go for a while. So fingers crossed that those women will be recognized when the Television Academy actually starts to care. Uh, so back to Dead to Me. So we're, we're applauding Dead to Me. This is the second season. We have one season left of this show. But I think um, we uh, not only did it get a comedy series nomination, both Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini got nominated. I also believe that Liz Feldman, uh, the creator, she might have only gotten nominated due to the comedy series nom. But this was definitely a big win for Dead to Me. Uh, the show is expanding its fandom. Uh, anything else to say yeah it's still got another season though i think that's why it's important that Shits creek gets it this year so that then next year when it's dead to me's final season that's when dead to me can have its moment yeah liam i have one thing to say on that though in that i think Shits creek is a lock because the good place final season was just absolutely god-awful and terrible like it was it was almost unwatchable in how like seriously that was such an amazing show i think that could have been like a historic like forever living on show but like oh my god that was just one of the toughest seasons of television i've ever had to sit through so Shit's creek is winning best comedy series that's all i gotta say yeah i think the good place it definitely has an issue with the fact that Kristen bell was not nominated in lead actress if the show was really beloved you would have seen that however it did get nominated um in Darcy. The, uh, uh, Darcy Carden got nominated. I believe that's her name. Uh, Ted Danson did, of course. And I believe so did William Jackson Harper. So it definitely got a lot of love. But I think that Kristen Bell oh. snub, especially because she's such a beloved figure within the community, it it was it's surprising for a show that it seems so beloved in other categories. Yes, Yusuf. I'm really happy that Rami got nominated. Um, Rami Yusuf got a nomination. Mahershala Ali. I think I got a directing nom or a writing nom or something like that. It's a really, really good show. Everybody should watch it. Uh, and then also Hollywood. I love that show. I don't care what anybody says. I'm so happy for Jeremy Pope and Dylan McDermott yes. and Jim Parsons. And I think it should have been nominated for best limited series. So yeah. let me open it up to you all. Do you think it was Ryan Murphy's more focus on Hollywood that allowed Pose to go under the radar this year because both I believe are uh, run by uh, Ryan Murphy did he put too yeah. much because Hollywood definitely did show up more and probably has a chance to win more than Pose so could that be the reason that he just didn't focus I find that hilarious because I don't know I think it's just because I'm in a very specific crowd where I follow Janet Mock very yeah. religiously like <laughs> she's the best um love her to death 
uh, and so I'm getting a lot of a lot of like the news and stuff and updates about Pose, and I don't I never really saw anything about Hollywood until like when it first aired, and I know Hannah watched it. She didn't really say anything about it. I don't really remember it, and so I wouldn't I haven't gone I haven't really heard anything about Hollywood as compared to Pose. Like that's kind of the echo chamber that is kind of like kind of coming back to you you know because you like i i come across some tweets from the people from pose i will say that because i follow samara weaving and i love her to death i i see more about hollywood because she yeah. posts she posts occasionally and i gotta say though i loved hollywood to death i'm with yusuf i know a lot of people hated it for some reason y'all are just haters because that show is phenomenal i loved every second of it my mother loved it as well we both we both watched it we both thought it was great um her favorite character was um, Jeremy Pope's character. I can't think of his name at the moment, but she was yeah, so happy. Archie. Yeah, and she was so happy for Jim Parsons as well because I think he was phenomenal. Um, the only yeah. problem was that he was, at the very end, he was like, oh, redemptive arc. That was like, like I get it. Um, but I feel he should have suffered more for the consequences of his ac- actions. And I think that will cost him the win. Uh, but he shouldn't win because like the nomination for, any nomination for Hollywood after everything I went through is enough. And I also think that um, Holland Taylor, I think that's her name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was phenomenal. So happy for her. Uh, I think that's all I really have to say about Hollywood. But there's one other thing, and there, this is a huge snub in my opinion. We're talking about um, the black trans women who were um, snubbed. But I think we also have to bring Cynthia Erivo into that conversation for The Outsider. Um, because she kind of carried that show and she wasn't mm-hmm. nominated. So that, yeah. that's just something. Um, yeah. One thing, no, sorry, go ahead. Just bringing up that uh, Cynthia Rivo's competition would have been in lead actress in a drama series, which uh, would have been up against Jennifer Aniston, Olivia Coleman, Jodie Comer, Laura Linney, Sandra Owens, and Dea. So that's, it, it's definitely a tough category to break into, especially for a new show. Um, we yeah. could see something like, I believe, I believe Laura Linney was only her first nomination for Ozark was for its second season, even though she was deserving, in my opinion, from the get-go. So it's possible mm-hmm. that if The Outsider continues, Cynthia Riva will be able to build traction. It's very hard for season ones to make a big splash unless you're a Mandalorian or a Stranger Things, where it's a cultural icon. When you look at drama mm-hmm. series. Better Call Saul is season five, The Crown is season three, Handmaid's Tale season three, Killing Eve season three, Ozark season three, Stranger Things season three, Succession season two. So it's hard for season ones of shows to break through because there just isn't as much attention on those shows. Yeah. Um, just our closing mark about the um, Emmys, I just want to say that Hollywood, I think the reason a lot of people didn't like it was because the people who didn't like it were the people who are successful in Hollywood already, like the critics who have like an in and they want to focus more on the real past of how horrible it was and like, oh, looking up at the future. But I think what was so great about the show was it gave a lot of people hope, especially the Oscar scene. If you remember, like looking at all the people listening in, like the people of color, I think that was really inspiring and really emotional for people like me who want to get in the industry um, who don't see themselves represented. Even I cried when that happened. And I don't yeah. cry. I never cry. I, like, I seriously do not cry. And that made me cry. I thought that was, like, really moving. So I think the industry is just super snobbish. That's it. Yeah. I think they don't like to be called out. I mean, no one really does. But when you're a... When you, you're... When you're just old and white and rich... What, you can't help it, man. <laughs> I don't um, want to talk about Dead to Me, but I feel like we're running over. So. No, we don't. All we Just, have to say about Dead to Me is that it's like phenomenal, the best thing ever, and y'all should watch yes. it. I love Linda Cardellini. Oh, this is what I was going to say. This is very fast, and it will be cut out, but I want you guys to know. Um, <laughs> Hannah and I were watching um, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, and Linda Cardellini's character, shut up, it's amazing. Linda Cardellini <laughs> plays a character in there and her name is Hot Dog Water and she's a whole ass lesbian. Um, because you know, you know how, yeah, yes, yeah, that's what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. Linda Cardellini, her Velma was supposed to be a lesbian and then WB was like, nah, we're lesbophobic, we're not gonna do that shit. 
Um, to be fair, that was in 2002. Everything is like things have changed a lot since then. That was yeah. 2002. And also, to be fair, James Gunn, who wrote the script, could have said anything. It could, like, he could have just been like, "Oh yeah, that was in the that was in the talks." You can't to be fair, with mind. the quote-unquote representation that's in Hollywood today, it more than likely would have just been Velma looking at a girl for three seconds and looking away. That's it. But yeah, Linda Cardellini's hot dog water, that was the name of the character, her real name is Marcy, um, mm-hmm. was a whole-ass lesbian for Velma, and they were like a thing. And my, my, my end note for all of this is that every single character in Scooby-Doo Mr. Incorporated is some kind of queer. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> so, starting off with the PVOD versus the Atrigal, you, you have myself starting off with in the PVOD camp. Um, firstly, I think it's obvious uh, we don't know what will happen with big movies if they did go to PVOD. So, obviously, it is just a suggestion that it could be a possibility. Um, I don't think uh, it should be for big movies. I do think it should only be, well, the really big movies. I do think it should just be for the smaller blockbuster. Uh, Like, say, like New Mutants, Mulan, Candyman, Bill and Ted was one of my suggestions, which has obviously already changed as of us recording this. Um... I don't think they're gonna they'll make the same amount of money as cinemas. I think that's very obvious. I don't think anyone would be able to suggest that they would <laughs> make the same amount of money. But I think that is the way that we are heading now that Universal has signed the agreement with AMC. Um, because I think it's all well and good for a bunch of cinephiles to sit and shout on Twitter and stuff like that, like oh no, keep them in cinemas. But we're not the people that are going to go and see these things. Wait, sorry, we're the people that are already going to go and see these things. So it's... We need to think of the people that aren't like us rather than how it's changed. Um, I also think, especially after today's announcement in the UK, I think the UK cinemas are going to change a lot because it has just been made mandatory as of today that you must wear masks within cinemas um, which we're having the same issue as America right now with masks uh, <laughs> so anyway yeah, my rant's over I obviously open the floor to anyone who would like to discuss this I know Ben will be probably <laughs> raring to go, go and rip me head off but go relax snap everyone Okay, so since you opened the floor up to me, I'm just going to assume that I'm the one who should go next. Um, You see, Liam, what you're saying about these quote-unquote smaller blockbusters should be the films that go to PVOD, I think that is fair enough to a degree. However, since these smaller blockbusters have smaller risks, like when you think about what Tenet has, like $200 million, like $500 million just to break even, don't you think it would be a better idea to test the waters with something like New Mutants or Bill and Ted 3? And if everything goes to plan, they will. So say if everything with New Mutants like just like makes $2 million opening weekend, then Warner Brothers knows that it can move Tenet. You know, I think that having these films t- come out and, you know, maybe like they they could make money because there's nowhere to go but up for some of these films like Bill and Ted 3 was never going to be a huge hit The New Mutants was never going to be a huge hit especially in 2020 after all the moves um, and so I think that what you're saying could be true if everything like just turns out to be a huge disaster then sure but I definitely think that these smaller blockbusters should be the films to test to see if there's an audience willing to come out and then you can hit them with the Wonder Woman you can hit them with the Dune you can hit them with the Black Widow. I think Bond's getting out here. I also think Black Widow's getting out 2022. But look, we shall I see. Think I think that uh, if New Mutants <clears throat> does really well, and if Bill and Ted 3 doesn't embarrass itself, then we could maybe see films returning uh, to a regular degree. I just got to say that I would really like that because like um, Yusuf in Canada and how he always talks about, you know, 
how they're going really well. I, I got to say, we're going really well here too. So I do not want to be penalized for the flaws of the co the Karen from America, you know? Like, that's that's not my <laughs> fault. That, that, that shouldn't be on me. I'm yeah, I agree. As one of the Karens of America, um, <laughs> <laughs> although I have been quarantining for the past, what is it, five months? I've, three months, four months? Um, five. I, yeah. Listen, I, I agree. I do think that if other countries are safely ready to open their theaters... I think they should be allowed to do that. I think that is within their right. Listen, if they're ready for entertainment and it's safe, that is definitely something that they should do. Because I think as much as I would love to get back to a movie theater, I know that a, the movie-going experience is very special. And if other people around the world can get that, the more the merrier. I do think that it's going to come down to just each film and each studio just thinking what's best for them. I don't think this, there is an overall plan that can benefit each film. I think what works for a tenant is not going to work for a uh, the French Dispatch from Fox from Searchlight Pictures. There, there are different things or different things at play, and I think that each film should and each studio should just adjust what they're going to do. I think also that w what we need to realize is that you know I don't think that the theatrical experience will come back in full globally until there is a vaccine and so i think that oh, yeah. we're going to see the current 17 days between the theatrical window and what's available for pvod or just digital release i think that's 17 days now maybe by december it's back to 30 and it just keeps growing i think that this is going to be a snowball that will roll and eventually we will get back to the theatrical experience but i do think that it is something that can't be necessarily set in stone as a policy for everything I think that it's up to the studios and the theater holders to reach a decision on certain films to either hold on them till 2021 or a or just a theatrical release or an amended thing. I think that it'll come down to each film deciding what's best for the thing because in the end we all just want the entertainment. We all want to be entertained in this quarantine and yeah. you know, listen, Disney has been having great success with their digital releases, Black is King dominating the trendings today. Um we're recording this on Friday, so yeah. uh, Blackest King is doing very well. Hamilton did extraordinarily well for them. So Disney is obviously doing great with their PVOD and streaming releases. Um, but listen, uh, Warner Brothers may do great success with Tenet, doing this slow rollout, and maybe Wonder Woman 1984 does the same. So I think it's, again, up to the studio. We'll see what happens as long as the theater owners you know, are respected um, and what they mean to this industry is respected. I think that it'll be up to each film to decide what's best for that film. Yeah. Natalia? All yes to what Anthony said. But also, Karma is a beautiful woman. And I would love it if you guys, our international boys, got to see some stuff before us as that is never the case the other way around. And I yeah, think that like, would just be some great stuff. It's 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 so infuriating to see Americans on Twitter. How dare you take away our SpongeBob? I don't know. Like, <laughs> get over yourselves. Get over yourselves. It's SpongeBob. Now yeah. you get this. I needed to swear there. <laughs> you get this all the time. We do not get things. You like all of your award, all of the awards films. We don't get them until like some some of them we don't get till the Oscars are actually done. Yeah. But you get them in October and November. Yeah, like yes, we do get some <laughs> a little bit early. We did get Ant Man and the Wasp early, but that was because the World Cup was on, mm -hmm. and you in the US do not celebrate the World Cup. You just don't care about the World yeah. Cup. You don't care about. What you call soccer, we call <laughs> the rest of the world calls it football. But America's obviously America and took it for themselves as a different sport. It's like yeah. Eurovision. We don't care. We don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, but this is like this is the World Cup. It yeah. is the biggest sporting event in the world. Super Bowl means nothing it to is us, guys. Ten thousand times more than the Super Bowl. Exactly. But to you Americans, the Super Bowl is the biggest thing in the universe. It's not. <laughs> So we got, we got that one film early 
one <laughs> film. We then slightly get the Marvel films earlier. I don't know why, but we do. But everything else, we don't get. We don't get them. Yeah. So I think Americans need to pipe down. Liam. Pipe down. Liam, everything Liam says is 100% true. You did make one mistake, though. You said we that, that we got Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, uh, a month earlier. No, we got Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom three weeks earlier. Um, yeah. But then what happened was, was that <laughs> The Incredibles 2, one of the most anticipated films of all time, opened an entire month after its US theatrical release. And I could not have been more infuriated by that yeah. decision. And to let alone that, Atman and the Wasp also moved an entire month. Crazy Rich Asians didn't come out until September of that year. Asian August didn't happen over here. You know, that whole, that entire month of wonderful, uh, like, Asian films that came out and made, like, hundreds of millions of dollars, that didn't happen over here. Another thing that I have to say with the awards films, Parasite did not open in Ireland until April 2020, so it didn't even get to open. You know, like, it didn't it didn't come out for us. Yeah. Uh, the, all of the awards films typically come out, as Liam said, after the Oscars take place. So it's up to us to just take people's word for, for that these films are just the most like the greatest thing since sliced bread you know we don't we can't make that yeah. decision for ourselves so if we get to watch spongebob before you guys because you can't get your goddamn public health situation under control well then i will be watching spongebob with glee thank you very much you can yeah. take spongebob we don't care about <laughs> well we don't care <laughs> yusuf what were you gonna say um, I was just going to say that, like, I agree with Liam completely about the, not about the PVOD stuff, um, but <laughs> I about, was about to say. <laughs> Americans getting films early. Because, listen, I came back from a filming trip and I was really happy because when I came back, I got the news that I'm going back to work. I got the news that Tenet's finally coming out and that SpongeBob is a Canadian exclusive, which is crazy. Um, but it was really upsetting to see a bunch of people who are Americans, you know, crying that, oh, you guys get Tenet a week early and we have to wait uh, a year for Spongebob. And it's like... I don't, I don't think they're used to it. I think that's the I reason. know. That, it, like, you guys do that. Like, you guys get movies before us all the time and it's really annoying. And just to reiterate what I said in the group chat earlier today, like, people are recommending PV... Like, oh, just put Tenet on PVOD. Just put Spongebob on PVOD. And then they claim that it's to help the film itself, when in reality, they know that PVOD is not a strong enough business model. It's not like a theatrical release. So if you really did care about the success of the film and not how you're going to watch it, then you would be fine with Tenet having a staggered release date. And the interesting situa situation with SpongeBob, which, by the way, um, Paramount sold the international rights to netflix so that is a netflix movie everywhere else in the world in canada it's getting a release and then in the states i think it's cbs all access yeah but i like it just it makes no sense to me that people are arguing oh it's for the benefit of the movie when in reality it's just because americans want to just stay at home well they don't want to stay at home that's the problem but they want to watch the movies at home <laughs> whenever they want i do yes, think Nat, go ahead Oh yeah, Neko, go, go. Um, I feel like in the case of Tenet, that just looks like a movie that would do so much better with with popcorn and a big screen and a Exactly. Dark. Like that's the kind of movie where I'm just like, yeah, I kinda would like to go to my regal down there. Whereas with SpongeBob, if ever I have the urge, which won't ever happen, but in the if that ever does happen and I I'm like, yeah, I'm never gonna pay. I'm never gonna pay like 15 bucks to go see SpongeBob. I'm gonna go and watch it here at home. Like, yes. Yeah. And you, you know what's really funny about that is like, if this didn't happen, people in America would not have gone to see SpongeBob. Let's be real here. No one would have paid to see it. No one would have done anything. But as soon as it's announced <laughs> that it's coming out in Canada, oh, it's the end of the world. I want to see SpongeBob right now. And this is unfair. I disagree. <laughs> I think parents would take their kids to see it. I mean, it has Keanu Reeves. Yeah, but it's not the parents complaining. Let's be real here. It's like Hollywood, like critics and movie cinephiles who are complaining about that. Yeah. Like kids They're withholding Keanu Reeves as a tumbleweed. <laughs> I will say, though, that I think people, I think 
there's a difference between people thinking that PVOD is a good idea for the current versus what Universal was saying, which is that they plan to do this with their future films when we're out of the pandemic. I feel like they're that distinction isn't being made amongst the discussion of PVOD versus theatrical. I think that PVOD is, it could be a good idea for the current, for America currently and other countries that have to still be quarantined. But mm. the minute that there's a vaccine, PVOD is gone and it should be because that's yeah. not the way you yeah, should see definitely. films. But I also will say, listen, I love Star Wars. I only saw Star Wars on the big screen for the first time last year when I marathoned all nine in theaters. I, seeing it on a smaller screen doesn't, in the end, d didn't affect the way that so many people love that film and so many films. So I think in the end that Tenet will still be beloved even if people see it on a smaller screen in the end. They'll have the opportunity to see it in an IMAX screen later. I just think that you know, the size of the screen, although we love the experience, the movie itself is still going to be great no matter however you see it. I mean, I saw The Dark Knight at home for the first time. It still is a great film. It's still a great cinematic achievement. Yeah. yeah. I just think so, uh, so. Tenet might suffer spoilers for Americans. Maybe. What, what, uh, we have spoilers all the time for movies you guys get early. Like, if you don't want spoilers, get off the internet. I'm sorry. but Cry me a river if you're going to get spoilers for yeah. Tenet. Like, come on. Just okay, mute those on. keywords. <laughs> Get off Twitter. Or okay. just mute the words. <laughs> you could just go to go to a certain place on Twitter or your socials and just say, I would not like to see anything that says the yeah. word Tenet or Christopher when, Nolan, and you're good. When Infinity War came yeah. out, I stayed off the internet completely. I stayed off my phone for the whole, like, from the moment the first uh, press screening happened until I saw it, I was not on social media because I was like, I don't want any spoilers. So, like, it can be done. Yusuf, I know you already got... Uh, started do you want to continue with your uh ideas on why theatrical <laughs> should be the way that uh people experience films currently oh yeah okay so um the thing that like kind of annoys me about this is that people pretend that tenet and mulan and all these movies are the only movies in existence but there are millions of movies and tv shows that are amazing that you could watch right now including like new content every week from netflix and from hbo max and from disney plus so it's not like we're running out of content right like we're doing next week or not next week the week after that underrated movies like there's so many you could watch right now so i think if you just wait a little bit to see it in a theater i think it's beneficial um, and it's also it's not like there's going to be a huge backlog of movies uh, because productions have shut down. It's not like it's just movie theaters that are shut down. It's everything. Everywhere is being shut down right now. Um, and the thing that sucks is, like, imagine you're an actor or a director or even, you know, like a visual effects artist. We had somebody, when Sonic came out, we had a visual effects artist from the film come with her parents. And her parents were super proud that, like, oh, my, my daughter saved Sonic. Like, all the redesign. She helped with that. And it was so adorable. And you really want to take that away from people so that they can't see their films on the big screen. Um, and I think financially also, you just cannot make the same money on PVOD as you can in theaters. Um, not a single film post Trolls 2 has released their PVOD numbers. And even if they did, there's no way to confirm whether they're accurate or not. There's no box office. Only the studios report their numbers if they want to. And even then they can fudge them a little bit. Um, if this was really a goldmine that everybody claims it is, Disney would have already put Mulan on there way back in March. Universal would have put their big movies out again on PVOD instead of delaying them. Candyman would have been so big with the Black Lives Matter movement if they released it on PVOD right now. Um, and also, there, like, there are so many people who depend on movies going to theaters for a living like it's not just the the big theater chains but it's the employees who a lot of them are uh older people or people who need to pay for their tuition uh the owners of restaurants nearby and the people who work there your uber driver the transit company the little mom and pop store that sells you like drinks and food that you sneak into the theater all of them depend <laughs> on big movies for their business um and smaller films, because Liam said that, yes, it shouldn't happen for the big films, but smaller films like Bill and Ted, um, 
should be released on PVOD. I don't agree with that. I think you're taking away the opportunity. Because look at Knives Out. Before that film came out, we would have said, oh, that movie's not going to do well. Let's just put it on PVOD. It's still playing in theaters right now as theaters reopen. It made so much money at the box office and it's getting a sequel. And none of that would have happened if it went straight to PVOD. So we don't know if Bill and Ted would have been big. We don't know if New Mutants you know, is going to be big. We just don't know. So I think taking that opportunity away isn't the best. Uh, PVOD ultimately is just a short-term solution with long-term effects. And I think it's better to just ha take the loss right now and then reap the benefits going forward. Um, and I think at this point, movies like Mulan, Unhinged, A Quiet Place 2, Black Widow, and Wonder Woman, um, you know, all the movies that started and ended their ad campaigns, they can't be pushed any further. So I think those movies need to take the risk of releasing right now, including Tenet. Tenet could have moved to next year because their ad campaign was not started, but Warner Brothers and Chris Nolan really pushed it, so that movie also has to be released right now. But movies like Dune, Death on the Nile, God, Godzilla vs. Kong, all those can be pushed until it's safe because they haven't started their ad campaign. So I think right now, movies that have their ad campaign started need to release and just take the loss and the movies going forward can be pushed. And the movies that release right now, um, they can be re-released next year as like, oh, we saved the movie theaters, see it again. I'm done. I will say right now um, with Dune, Rebecca Ferguson literally just posted on her Instagram story that she's doing interviews via Zoom with the directors and everyone, um, which I'm like hesitant about, not because of like interviewee stuff, but also just because like, Considering that they're doing these interviews right now, it mm -hmm. leads me to believe that they're still going to try and make their current release date, which does not. Yeah, Dune there's should... a Dune trailer um, attached to the Inception re-release on August 12th. So if that really is there, then they're sticking to the date right now. But I think Warner Brothers needs to just be careful and not start their ad campaign if they don't have to. Because once they do, they can't push the movie anymore. Dune... Dune mm -hmm. is such a wild card film that I think that it should take Black Adam's spot because I don't think that Black Adam is going to make December 2021. December 2021. December 2021. And yes, Spider-Man 3 is going to be there, but Tom Holland has to shoot... Tom Holland has to shoot Spider-Man... Uh, has to shoot Uncharted before that, so I even have doubts that Spider-Man 3 is going to make it to December 2021. But Dune... Wonder Woman 1984 should go to Christmas. That's the most safest bet for that film at the moment. No, don't don't move on the one again. You, I, like, release dates have become so confusing right now for movies that have moved so much that they just can't afford to do it. You put the film at that date, yeah, and you started advertising it. You just have to release it at that point. And well, if like if you release Wonder Woman in October, there's still a chance if other movies that haven't started their ad campaigns move that it still will be playing in December. And we have to remind ourselves that. Yes, 2021 release schedule is packed right now, but there is nothing that is holding any of those films to their dates if this pandemic continues and they can't yeah. finish those films. Like, odds yeah. are 2021 is going... It's I am imagining 2022 to be even crazier than 2021 because yeah. 2021, we're going to get a lot of these 2020 movies because, like I've said, I have almost... I would be shocked if Kevin Feige releases Black Widow this year. Because he wants this to be a big event movie. He has fans waiting for this film. He's not going to release it if he can't guarantee the entire world can see Black Widow generally around the same time. So I just think that 2021 is going to be, it's going to get us started to going back. I mean, a lot of these films, you guys brought it up with Dune, you know, West Side Story, Christmas release, haven't, we haven't even got a poster. Yeah. You know, a lot of these Disney films, Plus. They're, I don't think Never it's going to Disney happen. Plus. Should too Never big. It's Steven. It's Steven Spielberg. It's his first musical. It's a. It's a Hollywood like icon of a story. Yeah. I just think that we have to acknowledge the fact that our yes, we're talking about the films that have already had their ad campaigns and are going to release. But are the films that are still slated that haven't even begun their ad campaigns really going to do what is usually taken place over six months in like two months? You know, are they going to still do the late night talk shows to interviews? I think, you know, award season is going to be completely different. You know, yeah. we're go I really think that theatrical is the way to go. 
but I don't think that we can really do anything until we like we'll see what happens with Tenet and New Mutants. And uh, which of the movies that don't that haven't had to start their campaign yet? Was it uh, Soul? Also another one. Soul. Soul, uh, Soul has had. Soul has two. started. I will Soul say it's it's interesting because again, movie theaters have been open here for a while, and they've had to re-edit trailers with new dates. And it's interesting to see which, like, Disney trailers have been redated with a specific date, and which just say coming soon. Um, yeah. Like Mulan just says coming soon, and before it was pushed, it said that. But Soul had a date on it. Um, it's coming had a date on it. Supposed to. Supposed to Joseph. It's Soul is supposed to premiere on uh, November twentieth, I believe. Yes, November twentieth. Yeah. I have and a Black funny Widow story has about a, that. Has a new date. When I went back to movie theaters, uh, when I saw the Mulan trailer, Mulan, it said March 27th. <laughs> well, that's because it's March 27th of 2021, because that's when it's actually going to premiere. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the same thing happened um, with Top Gun. It, was, it said uh, June. And my grandmother mm-hmm. was very confused. <laughs> yeah. So they just haven't changed the trailer. No, they didn't care. <laughs> Get me. Can't be bothered. I, chuck, it, chuck anything on there. My last comment on this, and mm-hmm. not to get political, yes. uh, this isn't really a political statement, Woo! but I will say that come November, come November, if, our, if the American public decide to uh, vote in a new president, uh, it's possible that, it is possible that then uh, uh, it would be President Biden could come up with new quarantine and coronavirus and pandemic policies. So I think that we do, you know, we're dealing with this as a currently, you know, with a Trump administration. We're dealing yep. with it uh, with America, with that administration and their policies. This could our country could completely change with how it is uh, re- uh, reacting to the pandemic and its policies. If a new commander in chief is is the leader of our country. So something to right, also blame it on China, um, which is not. <laughs> So that isn't just for going to the movies and theatrical, yeah. but also with Hollywood and making the projects as well. I think yeah. we're going to see a lot of things like Zendaya and John David Washington's films. Like a lot, we're going to get a lot of like inside one location mm-hmm. stuff, whether that's horror stuff or maybe like stuff like Succession, which is all in like a business room. I feel like yeah. 2021 is going to have a lot of those type of films and television shows. I, I will say, I'm not. Obviously, I'm not American, so my vote doesn't count. But um, I don't support Trump. I will just... I'm putting this out there right now. He is going to win the election. What Your your country... You said the same... You guys said the same thing about Hillary in 2016, and everybody got their hopes up, and then Trump won, and I was the only one who said that Trump was going to win. He's going to get reelected. I'm sorry, but we can't. Just assume everything's <laughs> gonna be okay because Joe Biden's gonna. Yusuf, go Joe Yusuf, Biden is... hold on. No, you guys, I got yeah. something to say to Yusuf because I am also a non-American. Yeah. My vote does not count, and while I yeah. do not support Joe Biden with any fraction of my being or soul, I Should really dislike the guy to a huge degree. I think that what yeah. you're missing is is that people really just got too comfortable after eight years of Obama, and then. Hillary was doing well in the polls, but like she wasn't as doing as well as Biden is doing right now. I mean, I am like trying to stay on top of this. I'm looking at like new polls every day as they're coming out. He is like ahead of him by 10, uh, even 20 points, not even in swing states, like in definitive red states. Like Trump is barely going to win Texas, Texas of all places. Well, take it from an American. The polls don't always warrant the results, but in the end, uh, I just brought it up just to make it clear that uh, both when it comes to the theatrical experience, the reopening of theaters, and also um, uh, filming, you know, a new president, a new leader could make changes to the policies which could affect that. Um, I will yeah. say that uh, I did sign a, a petition that was sent to my congressmen, uh, mm-hmm. my senators and representatives, uh, that to help save movie theaters and help, you know, fund them yes. during the pandemic. I suggest everybody to look it up. I'm going to try and find the actual organization. Uh, yes. We'll tweet can, out the link um, where out you the can link. sign the petition. Um, which, listen, that is, I think that is the way to go if you're in America. Try to help your movie theaters in any way you can. Support them. Don't risk your safety, but do what you can to save the movie-going experience. Um, and also wear masks. 
especially when they reopen in your area. If yes. you are one of the if you are one of the places where Tenet is opening, please wear your masks. I know you won't be able to eat popcorn, but if you yes. want to see it on a big screen, believe me, the mask won't bother you. I've had to wear a mask for my work every day. I've been shooting a film at a summer camp. Um, mm-hmm. I've had to warn it for three hours straight. It does not bother me. So if I can wear it in the heat, in the 100-degree heat, you can wear it in an air-conditioned room. Anthony, exactly. the one thing I have to say about those petitions is that you can only sign them if you're an American because I wanted to help the theaters in the USA yes. because for some reason they haven't been bailed out like in places like Ireland and the UK, I'm, j- I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. we, I would have loved to have you know, signed and all, but you can only do it if you're an American, so just keep that in mind if you plan on signing. You have to be an American. Yes. So, so uh, does, anybody does anybody else have any, have any big, big ideas? ideas? I, I think that was that a was much, much more civil, civil discussion than, than I think... think than, 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 yeah. than we, than we expected, expected, especially, especially after last week. week. <laughs> <laughs> we, well we did week. well this week. Yeah. We did. Everyone kept it in the pants. Yeah, I don't have as much energy today. My foot's like triple the size because of mosquitoes yeah. so i'm just i've had a nice day i've had a nice I've day finished umbrella i finished umbrella academy like everyone Liam, 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 Liam. for everybody for everybody if you want the hashtag is save your cinema it's votervoice.net for any americans who would like to uh participate in the petition for the movie theaters yes come on 13 percent of our the audience UK. hooray <laughs> the uk has already this, this, uh, and they've also supported like their performing so, arts theaters as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So come on, America, keep up. And to our Canadians out there, because a lot of you are Canadian who are listening, which just goes to show that I'm the best advertiser out of the group. But hey. anyway, <laughs> <laughs> to to the Canadians out there, um, if you feel safe, go to your theaters watch movies target number one is great go support spongebob keanu reeves um and yeah just go watch movies let's suck it to those americans yeah also just a little shout out for canadians uh support shit's creek because that's also yep. canadian so <laughs> yeah get to hashtag get the support the executive producer of shit's creek i think he um is a part of toronto film school which i'm going to next year so i've had a lot of like meetings with him so that's very exciting, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And Americans, uh, catch up on your classics. The, watch some classic films, you know, you're in quarantine. Maybe do some classic TV shows. That's what I'm doing. I'm watching Breaking Bad for the first time. There's a lot of entertainment, even if it's not new entertainment. I thought you were talking like, about like some Turner classic movies. Yeah, oh, no, come well, on. <laughs> classic that. There's TCM. Uh, uh, HBO Max has the TCM. And yeah. Peacock, which is Universal's, has like all almost all of Hitchcock. <laughs> so um, Peacock has Hitchcock. So yeah. watch that. That is such a horrible name for a streaming service. Sorry, the Peacock thing reminded me. Also, another point to the whole U.S. getting movies before us point. You guys have Peacock, HBO Max, and Hulu. <laughs> we do not. I could not watch Love Victor legally. I could not watch Big Time Adolescence legally. So we can't even watch thing. Insecure, you guys. We can't watch Insecure. Yes. <laughs> ah, yeah, it, it, you can. It's on Sky. I don't pay for Sky, Liam. I pay for Netflix and Disney Plus. I'm sorry. I do. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> this is what we open with pre-recording, which this is, is just the, going uh, on. I'm not paying for Sky. <laughs> okay, so okay. you guys, um, I'm pretty sure that's everything we have for today. Does anyone else have anything to add for this teeny tiny? Well, not teeny tiny, but for our uh, final discussion on PVOD versus theatrical is does everyone have everything that out that they want to say? Yeah, I have all my venom gone <laughs> <laughs> Well before we wrap up Before we wrap up, I just want to bring something at uh, your all everyone who's listening your attention to this um, It's something that we are doing. So I just have to ask you guys a question Do you ever wonder what goes on behind the scenes of a movie theater? well we have an insider. We have an insider, you guys, and they are going to be spilling all of the secrets and little nuggets of information that we are dying to know about reopening, uh, the different safety precautions that they're going to be taking. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be very interesting to hear from this person. So oh, His identity yeah. will be revealed coming soon. I'm pretty sure he already said it, but I'm just going <laughs> to stay ambiguous. Yeah. So do you want to ask a question? Do you have any concerns that you would like to bring up? 
all you have to do is uh, find us on Twitter at the Council Pod. Uh, and reply to the tweet that says movie theater tea party because it's going to be a tea party with your question or concern. You have one week to do so uh, because we are going to be spilling and having this uh, celebration you have of until Friday information on August 7th. He's right. Yeah, Friday. So yeah. if you have a question, drop it on that tweet there or you can DM us either or uh, works for us. So uh, with that said, I think that's everything that we have for today. So thank you all for listening and we will see you all next time. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye.